you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by Castrol Edge. DJ and Bucky joining you today. Buck, what's going on, man? Man, not too much. Really excited to talk about football being officially underway. Preseason games are kicking off, and we're already giving gold jackets. Gold <laughs> yeah, jackets for preseason Hall of Famers. Man, the line is full in the preseason Hall of Fame. Yeah, look, the, uh, the, the plane's all filled up. No more room on the plane from the preseason to Canton. That, that flight is already full. Uh, we got a lot of ground to cover today, though, Buck. Tell the folks what we've got coming up on the show. I mean, we're going to talk about the suspensions of Dante Fowler and Jalen Ramsey. We're going to talk about the top five wide receivers heading into 2015. And then we got a new segment, My oh, Battle. Yeah. We're going to talk about some training camp battles that we want to keep our eye on. Do we, by the way, boys, do we get a drop for Bucky's battle? Do we get money to record that, or is that coming in the future? It's coming in the future. All right, that's something for the folks to look forward to because Bucky's battle. Uh, we're going to have that. That's coming your way. Uh, but let's get started, Buck, with our, our rookie re- report presented by Castrol Edge. And we've got a lot of rookie news to kind of work through here. The first piece of information, though, Roquan Smith and the Chicago Bears, finally, the last rookie has signed. Every rookie is in camp, and Roquan Smith, this is something that needed to get done, Buck, because I think Roquan Smith is poised to become the face of of this Chicago Bears defense, and I don't think it's going to take very long. It won't take very long. The Monsters in midway desperately needed someone that could be the face of that defense. He is that guy, sideline-to-sideline playmaker, agreed to a four-year deal worth more than $18.4 million, $11.5 million signing bonus, and most important for Roquan, he got the language right to make sure that he's protected if he has any in-game suspensions due to some of the on-field stuff with the new league rules. He is protected. He feels good about it. I think the Chicago Bears should be feel good about getting their top defensive playmaker in the fold. Yeah, I mean, it gets kind of you can go. It gets kind of convoluted to go through all the uh, the weeds there to talk about the language aspect of it. But you, you basically summed it up. He, he's protected to in case you know you have a suspension or two early on with this new rule and the enforcement of this new rule. I think he was wise to to stick to his guns and get some protection in that area. But when you look at the Chicago Bears team, Buck. I think offensively, even with all the flashy new toys, I think it's going to take a while for that group to come together. And so having a defense that can make some plays, stop the run, and be active is going to be huge with Mitchell Trubisky in year number two. And I think Roquan Smith, look, if I had to put down a favorite for defensive rookie of the year, that's him. He's uh, he's playing for the Chicago Bears. He certainly is a dominant player. I think he's going to be terrific in that defense. Vic Fangio talked about how they needed him. They hated that he missed all those reps. But I think he'll quickly get up to speed and be the dominant playmaker that we thought he would be when he was coming out of Georgia. All right, that's some good news for rookies. Uh, unfortunately, not all good news. We go to the Washington Redskins and Darius Geis, who we talked about so much in the lead-up to the draft, one of the most gifted runners. I remember at one point in time, Buck, you were talking about comparing him with Saquon Barkley. And, and, look, you put a strong take out there and said as, a, as just a pure runner with power yes. uh, running between the tackles, he does that better than even Saquon Barkley does. So we were expecting big things from Darius Geis, unfortunately. 
ACL, and he's done for the year. You had heard him. I, I thought this was the best running back for the Washington Redskins since they had Clinton, Clinton Portis during his prime. I expected Darius Geis to be a 1,300, 1,400-yard rusher for them, and I thought he was going to be a nice supporter in terms of backing up Alex Smith and really making the game easy for the quarterback. Now with him out, the Redskins will have to depend on a couple of guys, Chris Thompson, Samaje P. Ryan, some of the other guys in the mix. Changes the dynamic of the team. They needed to have that four-time bell cow. We'll see if these guys that they have can split the load as a running back by committee situation. Yeah, I mean, look, Chris Thompson does a nice, does a nice work out of the backfield, and I do think he's a good fit uh, for Alex Smith. Alex Smith, remember we used to kind of yep. joke about Alex Smith being a check-down guy, uh, but being safe and secure with the football. Um, and I think he, he'll help out. He'll take some of those touches, but they don't have anybody on the roster that can run the ball uh, the way that Darius Geis totes the rock. So I think that's a big loss. It is a big loss. Um, but, look, they, they now have it in the preseason. That gives them really enough time to kind of figure out how they can reshuffle their running back situation to make Alex Smith comfortable. You're right. I expect Chris Thompson to catch 80 to 85 balls out the backfield. Samaj so P. Ryan has to be a factor as a runner. If he can give them a steady Eddie running game, I think the Washington Redskins can still be in the mix in the NFC East. That division is tough, but I think their offense should be good enough to compete with the rest of the people. All right, let's get to some of these other rookies that uh, did some good things here in the preseason. Let's stay at the running back position. on Johnson for the Detroit Lions. This is a team that's been starved for a 100-yard game. It's been since, I think, my ninth birthday uh, <laughs> that they had a 100-yard rusher. But, man, good sign here from on Johnson, a guy who, when I go back and look through my pre-draft notes, Buck, uh, was a big fan of his running style. Said short area quickness-wise, he's got a little bit of LaShawn McCoy to him, some elusiveness in tight space. He's a very instinctive guy. He can help you in the pass game as well, and he finishes every run. So I thought from what we saw against the Oakland Raiders, good start there for on Johnson. Yeah, I love it. I love what he was able to do. The guy was terrific catching the ball out the backfield, but also being able to be an effective runner. You know, it's, it's funny because Reggie Bush gave them some of that a few years ago when he was in Detroit. He was able to be a guy that – Got close to getting 1,000 yards for them. Was really, really productive. Maybe he was the last 1,000-yard rusher. I can't have to look at the stats. But I know he has their last 100-yard rushing game. He gave them the support that they needed behind Matthew Stafford. I'm believing uh, – I believe, you know, Karen Johnson can certainly do that. Versatile playmaker. Did a good job of getting in the ball as a runner and a receiver out the backfield. All right, let's get some of these quarterbacks here. Sam Darnold uh, played really well in the Jets game the other night, as did uh, Teddy Bridgewater. But Sam Darnold's performance there – uh, it's been rewarded because we're seeing he's taking a lot of first-team reps in practice this week, and they're doing some work uh, with the Redskins. So good sign there for Sam Darnold. Going back and watching that tapes, 13 for 18 buck, and even had a couple drops mixed in there. I will shoot the one drive. He threw three touchdown passes. Only one of them counted because he had so many penalties. Uh, but to me, the, the thing that stood out the most was just the calm and the poise and just looked very comfortable. It, we always say with these rookies, is it too big for you? It's not too big for Sam Darnold at this point in time. No, this is the Sam Darnold that everyone fell in love with, you know, early in his career at USC. It was never too big for him there, and I think we saw in the Big Apple, he continued to just do what he's always done, threw the ball effectively. I love the composure. I love the poise. But better yet, I like the playmaking ability inside and outside the pocket. He's doing it without a lot of fanfare in terms of star players on the perimeter. If he is able to continue to elevate this offense, I think the Jets have no choice but to start him and start him even sooner than we may have thought that he would get a chance to get a big bite of the apple. 
Yeah, look, to me it's about getting him some valuable experience this year. I think you trot him out there week one. You live with some of the growing pains. The good thing about Sam is he's incredibly tough and resilient. Uh, he'll be able to work through some bad games. Now, you're going to have – it's not going to be like this all the time. He's going to have some three turnover games, maybe a four mm-hmm. turnover game here or there. He's going to work through it. I think you just live with it. This team is not – it's not a Super Bowl contender right now. It's about building towards the future. You do that by getting some reps there for Sam Darnold. Now, other quarterback coming out of Los Angeles, we talked a lot about Josh Rosen. Had a chance to go to that game playing against the uh, the Chargers, Buck. And, look, he didn't have much of a chance. A bunch of snaps were rolled back to him. Looked like he was playing shortstop. Their offensive line had no answer for this Chargers front because that second group for the Chargers uh, is pretty good. But you did see some good things. He's tough. He hung in there. You saw the arm strength. You saw a little bit of the pocket movement, as you see on this uh, deep dig here on a completion against Derwin James. Uh, But there were some other times where he just couldn't get away. And I think the difference to me watching him versus the other rookies Sam, he's he's got to be protected. I think mm-hmm. with Sam Donald, he can get himself out of some trouble. We even saw Baker Mayfield was able to elude a free rusher or two. But with Rosen, man, the offensive line is going to be key for him. You've got to keep him a clean pocket. Yeah, one of my former players was responsible for all those low snaps. Daniel Munyer uh, was playing center and couldn't get the ball back to Rosen consistently so Come he on, could Buck, catch it and field it. Up. I know, we got to get him coached up. But it was a problem. And I think the bigger problem for Josh Rosen is, he doesn't have a solid offensive line. I always felt like, and it sounds crazy, I felt like Josh Rosen was a guy that needed to go to a good team because his talents would really flourish if it was a team that was already in place that just needed a quarterback to be dropped in. The Arizona Cardinals have perimeter talent. Larry Fitzgerald ahead of Christian Kirk. They have David Johnson behind them. But that offensive line is a huge question mark, and if they're not able to keep him clean, he's going to have a tough time showing the talent that we liked when we saw him at UCLA. Man, speaking of Christian Kirk, he had a sweet return. Unfortunately, he kind of stumbled over. Man, this should have been a touchdown. He overthought it. Was a touchdown, it. just him and the punter. But, uh, yeah, he's going to be a good player. He's going to help him on third downs. He's going to help him in the return game. Absolutely looks like a good pick there for the Cardinals. Uh, mentioned uh, these other quarterbacks here. Josh Allen, you go watch that game, 9-19, 116 yards uh, and a touchdown there. Look, he had some misses. Um, there was times where I thought he got a little bit sped up. But the athleticism showed some of the athleticism. And, man, the arm that was so intoxicating, Buck, you saw a couple of those throws. Uh, it's it's kind of silly, the velocity he was able to generate. Look, big-time playmaker. He was exactly as he was at Wyoming. He delivers some wild plays. He has fantastic athleticism and arm talent. But he's not quite a refined, polished quarterback. And some of the decision-making will get him in, in trouble. But if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I'm encouraged because – he does have big-time talent. He made a nice throw uh, along the boundary. The touchdown that he threw was also pretty impressive. Has to continue to manage and understand how to play situational football. But I think he showed enough to continue to build on. They don't want to play him right away. But I think at some point, his talent is superior to that of Nathan Peterman and A.J. McCarron. At some point, he's going to go to the front of the line. Yeah, you know, and I've been kind of beating the drum for a long time, saying the biggest key with him is being patient and don't rush him out there. Uh, but when I stack him up with what they've got, they're going to have a hard time holding their water on that one, uh, I'm telling you, because it's just the ability gap between him and those other two guys is pretty substantial. Uh, I think we should share with the with the viewers and the listeners about our plan for the Buffalo Bills. We were talking off the air uh, about how we would build this football team where we uh, play in the role there of Brandon Bean. And, and to me, offensively, Buck, we talked about a couple things, right? Offensive yep. line be able to uh, to be able to run the football you're talking about the running back position and to me it's all about getting speed on the outside uh i used the phrase hey you don't want to uh, he's not a nibbler he's going to eat the pizza in one bite so get some explosive deep threats uh and you can take advantage of that you only have to hit one of those buck you're not going to have a lot of sustained 
you know, 10, 15 play drives. I think to me, you run the football and you, and you take shots. We seem to be in the same in agreement there. Yeah, I think so. Having known those guys up in Buffalo really, really well, Brandon Bean, Joe Shane, even Dan Morgan, all those guys, we were all together at Carolina when we went to Super Bowl 38. If you look at the way we were able to go in 38, it was run game, dominant defense, played the game the right way with Jake DeLome at quarterback. Josh Allen is a more talented player than Jake DeLome, but I think the way you build a team is the same. Physical run game, be able to control it, get single high safety, and then when you get some burners on the outside. We had Steve Smith and Musi Muhammad, so you get a big guy that can do the dirty work, a speedster that can take the top off the defense. You do those things for Josh Allen, I think he can succeed. There's still a work, a, kind of like a work in progress, but you got the young quarterback. Now it's about fitting the pieces around him to allow him to be successful when he does get onto the field. All right, let's get to another rookie quarterback here in Baker Mayfield. Oh, oh, you got to say, you got to say, you got to say, Hall, Hall of Famer, Famer. Hall, Hall of Famer, Famer. Hall, Hall of Famer. Famer, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Hey, by the way, real quick on that before we get into Baker, did. Uh, did, did Tyrod throw an incompletion in that game? No, you know, you, you would think that. Wait, did he play? I mean, he did. He was 5 for 5, 99 yards, and a touchdown to David <laughs> Njoku down the seam. But that's neither here nor there. Baker Mayfield was awesome, according to everything. And, look, he was solid. It was a solid yeah. debut performance. He played well. I, I, he played, look, I, I commended him. I thought yeah, he played well. He played well, had 200 yards. He played exactly how he played in college. Moved around a little bit, was accurate on the quick rhythm throws, settled in because he started a little shaky, but then he kind of settled down, got the nerves out. Nice touchdown throw to Njoku on a crossing route, did a good job of kind of putting it high and away from the defender, and then he came back late and delivered a strike on a slant. And the most impressive part of the slant throw to me, he waited to hit the second window. He could he could have thrown it to Callaway in the first window, let the defender clear, hit him behind there, and threw it out in front so his receiver could run. That is a perfect throw. We talk about quarterbacks throwing guys open. He didn't necessarily throw him open, but he gave him an opportunity to have some rack yards. And when you're a young quarterback and you got playmakers on the outside, those are the kind of things you want to do. Baker Mayfield, I gave him a thumbs up. I gave him a B plus in my grades. Solid, not quite Hall of Fame level, but very very solid performance for him in his debut. Yeah, to me, the thing I love the most, you see it on a couple of the clips that we're showing here, is he beat the free rusher. You know, and that's one of those um, one of those traits you'd love to see in a quarterback because it's not always going to be clean. You're going to have some run-throughs, and there was not a lot of panic in Baker Mayfield, which was good to see. Uh, him and Sam Donald, I thought the same word, poise, uh, showed up in both their play. We'll see how they can continue to, uh, to move forward. But we talked about Teddy Bridgewater. Did a nice job with the Jets. Kind of went, you know, mm-hmm. kind of got lost in the shuffle. And, and Tyrod Taylor as well with the Browns. Don't sleep on those veterans playing at a high level. Uh, how about, though, this before we get on to uh, to the rest of the show here, the Antonio Callaway situation with Hugh Jackson. So for those that don't know, Hugh Jackson said that Antonio Callaway played almost a whole game as, wait for it, punishment yeah. for what happened Come with on. him getting. Yeah. Uh, DJ, it's like, it's like when you give your kids extra chores. No one likes chores. He gave Antonio Callaway all Nobody the chores. Nobody likes to play. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. He, he what gave, it is. He, he gave him all no, the no, chores. No. What it is, what it is. Here it is. Here, here it is. Hey, Bobby. Bobby, here's the deal. Uh, Mom tells me you didn't uh, you didn't make your bed this morning. Um, you didn't get your chores done. Um, you didn't mow the lawn. And I'm going to tell you what what we're going to do here. Okay, <laughs> I know I know. Mom likes you to come in, you know, from, from playing out in the backyard. She likes to come in at 6 tonight. I'm going to need you to stay out in the backyard and play till 8. I want okay? you to get really tired. Don't let this happen again. Okay. <laughs> you get really Here's tired. your ice cream. Here's your ice cream. You uh, know what? I'm going to need you to eat an extra scoop tonight. All right? <laughs> now, let this be a lesson to you, okay? Something you enjoy doing, I'm going to give you more of that. 
And hopefully that's going to deter you from making any more poor decisions. Uh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Bro. Come on, more rest, man. You know how tired you are at first. Go back to your days. Oh, no, if you're F-State, a veteran, okay? I get it. If you're a ten-year veteran, you're tired. You haven't adjusted to the pro he didn't play game last year. You're he was doing suspended. everything. That's exactly why he's tired. He's not at optimal physical fitness right now. So what they did, they punished him. It's almost imagine he did burpees with a ball in his hand. That's basically what. Hugh Jackson asked him to do. He did some calisthenics. He did some burpees. He worked him out physically, so now he won't make those same transgressions away from the game. I'm not buying. I'm not <laughs> buying. I, but I will say this. Silly. I, I will say this. After you saw him play, I do understand why they're not in a hurry to let him go. Yeah, well, I'm be patient here. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm actually writing something on uh, on rookies that are so far – outplaying where they were picked, and he definitely is going to show up on that list, although we all know the reasons uh, why he ended up sliding down. All right, that was our rookie report presented by Castrol Edge. And now time to keep the show rolling here, Buck, with some news. We've got the uh, – it's not that recent, but I know you want to touch on this uh, suspension here with Jalen Ramsey and Dante Fowler, uh, the situation going on with the Jags. Yeah, kind of crazy. There's a fight on the practice field, uh, Dante Fowler, Jalen – Dante Fowler and really – Yannick Ngakwe, Ngakwe get yeah. into it. Uh, they say O'Shaughnessy also was involved in it. It spilled into the locker room. Uh, it was videoed by some media members. Jalen Ramsey lashes out at them first on the field then lashes out on Twitter. Both of those guys get jammed up, and they're suspended for a week. So they won't travel to Minnesota. They won't participate in the game. And it w- it'll be a little lighter in the pocketbook. Um, to me, I think what is happening, and it's kind of part of a bigger deal, we're at the stages, the dog days of training camp where we don't really yep. like each other. We're tired of hitting each other. The back and forth, the jawing, you're just kind of ready to get into the regular season. And the stress of making the team also kind of factors into it. The anxiety kind of makes you act out of character. You do some things that you normally wouldn't do in practice. And so people uh, get excited. And then you have, like, that was an internal squabble, but you also have these joint practices where we've seen some fights break out. Well, let's get to that because we got the Jets and the Redskins. I think we even had a little bit of uh, footage there from that one. That one got kind of nasty here. It it, it did get nasty. And the thing that we've heard, like, we've heard everyone who has kind of been privy to things. I'm sure you've been involved in joint practices, haven't seen them or whatever. Like, it is really good work. You have everyone on the outside saying, oh, they got to do away with these things. It's bad. Too many fights. We will never do away with a joint practices because it is a way for coaches to get the starters good work against an opponent in a controlled environment meaning that when we go 11 on 11 with the Patriots ones versus the Redskins ones I have a quick whistle I don't have to get my guy taken all the way to the ground I can minimize injury risk and still get good competitive work on tape and then I can hold my guys out of the preseason game let all the young guys play and make sure that as best we can, we can get our best guys to the first week of the regular season. So in spite of all the fighting, you won't see these joint practices go away because it's too valuable when it comes to the reps for the starters to allow the youngsters to play in the preseason games. Yeah, no, I, those are all great points. Uh, makes a lot of sense there. You can kind of you can experiment, too, with some things, as you mentioned, without having to expose that film to the, other, to the rest of the league. Um, so it makes a lot of sense here to have those joint practices. I didn't even think about that. That is a good point. We can do some of the things that we want to do personally yeah. during the regular season. We don't have to put on tape in the preseason because all the tapes of the preseason games go to all 32 teams. Yep. The practice tapes just stays between you and I. Yeah. Hey, maybe we've got you know we've we've developed some stuff out of a three tight end look. We want to we want to work on that in practice and we rep it against our defense, but we want to see it against some different looks. 
but we don't necessarily want to show the rest of the league that we've uh, we've got something moving here. So it's uh, it makes sense there. By the way, before before we move on from the fighting thing, did you see the little clip that was on social media today of our boy Terrell Pryor, <laughs> DJ Swearinger? I did, did not get this? a chance to see oh, it. Oh, no. Buck, yeah, trust me. To pump it in your computer, you're going to need to see that because he, DJ Swearinger, who is one of the most vicious hitters of any player I've ever evaluated. I gave him a huge grade when he was coming out of college. Now he's starting to kind of blossom later in his career. But he is a physical dude, and he you can you're looking at me now, Buck. He gets he gets up, he makes a play on or no 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 it wasn't Swearinger, who was it, Sully? It was uh it was a kid from NC State that played corner and safety. I think Dante Nicholson is that who mm. it is? It was Swearinger. Was it Swearinger? Okay, because I saw the what the what he made him flinch. He, okay, so Dante Nicholson here it is. Dante Nicholson, swing. I think Dante Nicholson broke up a pass in one on ones against Terrell Pryor, and then after that. DJ Swearinger comes up to Pryor, and they're kind of going nose to nose. And DJ Swearinger just just lunges at him like this, and Terrell Pryor just turns. Like he 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 wanted no part of it, man. It is. Well, hilarious. you got to remember, it's probably some bad blood there because TP was with was the Redskins last year, so he maybe do anything, but he was there. Yeah, a little little internal squabble. Oh, know? that is funny, man. You got to check that thing out. I, I cracked up at that. Um, all right, let's get to uh, let's get to the wide receiver preview. Uh, we're going through all these positions. We'll do a top five preview, and then we'll also you tell me who I missed uh, an omission, and then I think you're going to hit us up with some rookies. You ready to roll? Let's do it. All right, top five wide receivers heading into the 2018 season. Let's start at number five, and I'm going to go with Nuke Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins for the Houston Texans. May, you look, he's like a ballerina down the field. His ability to control his body and make circus catches, especially down there in the red zone, is phenomenal. He is a true number one wide receiver. Can play physical, win in the middle of the field, but I love him best when he gets a chance to play over the top 50-50 balls. I'll take my chances with DeAndre Hopkins. Number four on the list, to me, making an argument is the best route runner in the National Football League. It is teaching tape when you watch Keenan Allen release off the line of scrimmage and watch him win at the top of the route. You saw him healthy last year. The production was off the charts. I anticipate he's going to have another huge year coming up in 2018. I love Keenan Allen's game. Get to number three, Julio Jones. Had to, Falcons had to give him just a little extra sugar to get him into camp, get his contract where he's a little more comfortable with it to make him one of the higher-paid guys at the position because – He's elite. He's an explosive freak. After the catch, he can run away from you. He can run over you. Down the field, ball goes up in the air. Julio Jones has the ability to find another gear, and his size, he plays to it. Very, very physical wide receiver. He's the third best guy in the league coming into the season. Now, this might surprise some folks when I get to number two because I have Antonio Brown uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I know everything he's done. He has been the best wide receiver in the NFL. But this is what I'm predicting for 2018. He's going to be continue to be great, but he's going to be the second-best wide receiver. We know the quickness, the route running, uh, what he does to turn corners inside out. He makes you look silly. He's just a unique talent with at his size, his ability to dominate the football game. He comes in for me, though, at number two. Number one, this is what I expect for this year. We're going to be watching the Odell Beckham show with the New York Giants. He stays healthy for a season. He's going to pair up with Eli Manning. You're going to see a monster year. I, I'm talk, What's a monster year? I'm talking 17, 18 touchdowns type season for Odell Beckham. He's going to be the best wide receiver in the NFL. Buck, I talked to everybody that watched him work out in the offseason, said he's taken his game, which when he's been out there is elite, but he's taken it to another level, and we're going to see it this year. I can absolutely believe it. And it's really hard to take issue with any of your – guys that are included in this list. Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown. You can argue about whether 
it should be flipped in the order. Julio Jones deserves to be in the conversation. Keenan Allen's a guy that people don't talk enough about. He's, but he's a stud, special, man. special player. If you're a young guy looking at how can I get off the line versus press, Keenan Allen is a clinic. And then DeAndre Hopkins does a great job of just winning the 50-50 uh, balls. There are two guys that I guess we could talk about. One would be A.J. Green, but we know that he, when he's right, he deserves to be in the conversation. But how about Adam Thielen from the Minnesota Vikings? Oh, here we go. Kind of a sneaky player when it comes to his effectiveness. A lot of people would know, last two seasons, seven receptions of 40-plus yards. He's done a great job of taking the top off the defense, but he's outstanding route runner. does a great job of creating separation. And when you have he and Stephon Diggs kind of interchanging roles as number one receivers, the Minnesota Vikings offense is so dynamic. I think they're the best one-two punch in football at the wide receiver spot. Kirk Cousins is going to light it up. Look for Adam Thielen to be in the conversation at the end of the year because I think he can go big again. Last year he had 1,200-plus yards. I think he has 14, maybe 1,500 wow. yards on the outside. I think Kirk Cousins is going to fall in love with number 19 on the outside. All right, I love that one. Now give me some rookies. Uh, give me the top three rookies. So, look, you had a chance to see one of them on Saturday, Christian Kirk. Big-time playmaker uh, nice. for the Arizona Cardinals. You saw him on the punt return. I believe those same traits that you saw show up on the punt return, the catch-and-run ability, the elusiveness, the explosiveness. In this offense, I look for him to get a bunch of opportunities with people keying in on Larry Fitzgerald. He's going to be superb. DJ Moore had a spectacular debut performance in the preseason. Four catches, 75 yards. He's everything that we thought it would be at Maryland. Catch and run. Playmaker does a great job of making acrobatic catches. I can just see Cam Newton fall in love with him. Now you have Funchess and Greg Olson. DJ Moore is going to be special. But the guy that I'm really excited about, Kevin Ridley, uh, he's going to be the number three receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. If you just follow Twitter and follow the Atlanta Falcons feed, you see every day he gets open. He's going to be phenomenal. I like that list there. That chance, like you said, to see Christian Kirk and what he did in the return game is going to be very valuable there for that Cardinals team as well. All right, I'm putting you on the spot, Buck. It's our inaugural uh, run here. Bucky's Battle. Oh, I'd like explain it. what we – ooh, Nice. Explain what Bucky's battle is, and, and let's get this thing rolling. So there's going to be a couple of different forms. When we get into the regular season, having played wide receiver and DB, obviously in the regular season we'll get to some of those marquee matchups maybe on a weekly basis. But now it's all training camp. And being a bubble guy, a guy who had to live on the bubble wondering if we could make the squad, <laughs> there's some interesting battles that are taking place. And the first one that I want to look at, Cincinnati Bengals. Who is going to be the receiver opposite A.J. Green? John Ross, Josh Malone, uh, Auden Tate. Which guy is going to step up and be the guy that can be a difference maker to really help support A.J. Green in this passing game? Keep an eye on Cincinnati because that is important. But then I'm also going to go to Green Bay. And I don't know if you've seen what the Green Bay Packers have done. They have taken a million wide receivers and kind of thrown them on the field, and they're going to figure out which guy can emerge as the number three. Last week, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I feel like we called this. Did we not call that? Man, he was terrific. Had 100 yards, did it in a variety of ways, played outside, played in the slot. Then you had Equinemius St. Brown make some plays. There's some young guys that are in the mix in Green Bay. One of these guys will jump up, be the number three receiver, and will help Aaron Rodgers kind of cool out and not be so grumpy because they're going to be able to look at the scout team cards and execute them on the field. He won't be <laughs> he mad at upset. those guys anymore. And he then, was upset. Hey, Buck, Buck, can we get those Sully? Let's give Sully some homework. We haven't given Sully homework in a while. Uh, Sully, you got to go back and dig it up because I promise you, and we were talking about at some point in time, guys who were going to blow up in the preseason – 
We, we said we said Valdez Scanning was going to just blow it up because he can fly. He was going to make some noise in the preseason. So you got to go find us that clip. I, I, I know you guys you definitely exist. talked about it during uh, even even at following the draft. You guys were, were yeah. speaking the praises of, and I know Bucky's been on there. Yep. For a while. That's so. the homework. Yep. Little homework. A little homework. Go find go find some Valdez Scanning. Yes. Make yeah. us look smart. We need all the help we can get. What, what, what <laughs> other one you got? What's your other battle here? Oh, I mean, the number got? one is who is going to be the Cowboys' number one receiver. I know we've talked about I wrote about last week, Cole Beasley could be that one. But after watching one preseason game, maybe, just maybe, <laughs> Michael Gallup might be the dude. Uh-oh. Michael Gallup had a 30-yard touchdown reception from Dak Prescott down the boundary. Looks good. He has been the buzz of camp. Maybe, just maybe, they'll get a rookie. And then, look, we got the other guys that we're throwing to the mix, Tavon Austin, Alan Hearn, some of the other guys that they're signing and kind of bringing in. But Michael Gallup might be the number one. He might be the guy throwing up the X this year for the Cowboys. I got a text from somebody that was just recently at Cowboys camp. Now, this is a football mind that we both uh, mm-hmm. really respect, and he's had some great things to say about Mr. Gallup. Sully, why don't you tell him, tell Bucky what you sent me? <laughs> Go ahead, yeah, Sully. Come yeah, on. No, I'm, I'm running, running TriCaster over here. I got Sully. Things. I got Sully. I, I, doing I, had to run, I had to run over to the mic because Hytham was nice. on the mic today. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Sully's doing some scouting for us, Buck. Yeah, He's yeah. out at Cowboy I went, I went Camp doing cow- some scouting. Went, went out to camp on Saturday for fun uh, with one of my buddies in, in from Texas that's a big Cowboys fan, and I was watching Gallup, and they gave him uh, a bunch of reps with the ones during team drills, and they were targeting him every chance they could get, so. He definitely could go. be a big target See? for the Cowboys. How so about I'm, that? I'm echoing Bucky's, Bucky's uh, thoughts on Michael Gallup. Love Ooh. it. Yes, sir. How about that? Sully doing a little extra work. No doubt. Uh, hey, b- before we uh, wrap things up here, Buck, I know I don't think you've seen this yet, but you've got to look at the picture of our, our buddies over at the Around the NFL pod. They had Ice Cube on, okay? Huge get, right? <laughs> happy for them. But look, you got to look at this picture, and I want to point something out to you here, if we can throw this up here. Okay. You see the picture, Buck? Uh, you see how screen. Okay. All right. Here uh, we go. You see it now? Look at Hansus and Wessling and see how they have their arms around Ice Cube. But but they don't touch Ice Cube. There's a I, I've never seen so they that's like the group picture where the arms are around each other except their arms extend beyond Ice Cube, but there's no physical touching. I don't know if Ice Cube told them. He told what, I have a no-touch policy. Yeah, there's no touching taking place, or if it was just all out fear, <laughs> yeah. they didn't want to touch it. I have a no-touch policy. But None. I'm thinking that Hanzus has got like a like a None. I don't know he looks like that 37 inch arms right there. His <laughs> arm goes all around Ice Cube to the other side of of Wesling. It's incredible. I actually sent Hanzus a, a direct message after that. I said that picture is amazing, and for the reasons that I mentioned, I even called Rosenthal and had a laugh with him about it. But uh, I, I got to get an explanation. Yeah. I got to get an explanation on that. Scare. I mean, hey, check yourself before you wreck yourself. I guess so, man. <laughs> they even got phenomenal. Ice Cube to clear, letting them use a song. Like, oh, oh did they really? They were like, hey, is it cool if we, uh, you know, play out with your song? And he's like, uh, <laughs> and he was like, okay, go. Sure. Oh, gosh. That is funny. That is so That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Today was a good day. Very good day. Look <laughs> at you, Hytham, dropping it in. I th- That's, That's phenomenal. Uh, have you seen the blimp ice? Never mind. I'll, I'll <laughs> All right. All right, Buck, well, look, it's been a fun show today. I had a great time. But I, I do want to encourage folks, if you're just listening to this, remember, you can watch this show. We do the video show here once a week. Uh, Tuesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You can watch it, nfl.com slash MTS Live. And you can find all of our videos, nfl.com slash MTS Video, or on youtube.com slash NFL, Pump and Move the Sticks. You can find it all there. And then if, you, if you're if you watching this and don't know about the audio pod, 
Go check us out. Go to anywhere where you consume a podcast there, Apple Podcasts, NFL.com slash podcast, and you can check out the Move the Sticks podcast there. Anything else you want to add as we uh, wrap things up here, Buck? I mean, I'm kind of jealous that we didn't get Ice Cube. So I feel How like did we, we not need, get Ice Cube? I feel like we need an A-list celebrity to come to the Move the Sticks podcast because I want to get a photo up where I don't touch the person either. I don't know that you – see, I don't see that – I don't think you'd be afraid. <laughs> I think you might even put your hand on Ice Cube's shoulder right there. God, that's amazing. you got to check that picture out if you haven't seen it. Please do it. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for watching the Move the Sticks show presented by Castro Edge. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.